I am so happy to be with you guys. I have I've missed y'all very much, honestly. And I, I love this church family. I can't see any of you. You're so far away, but I'm so much closer than I have been for the last two years, so I'll take it. And it's, it's a crazy time, isn't it? I gotta I honestly disagree with the music. 2020 is not the year of Jubilee, at least the way I see it. Am I right? That was a joke. I, was, I mean, kind of, kind of. Thank you. All right. A smile. I'll take it. But uh, I'm so thankful to be here. I really do appreciate you all, love you all. And uh, some of you I don't know, but if you're a part of this church family, you're special to me. You're special to uh, my wife and my kids and. You are the engine, like the practical engine behind our presence in Liberia. And so we just have to always start off by expressing our thanks to you all. And not just for supporting us financially, but actually caring about us, um, connecting with us through, through Facebook and through, through different things, um, through, through our families. And we know that a lot of people pray for us. And we know that a lot of people really are even emotionally um, not just financially, invested in bringing the gospel along with the word of God into the Glaro people's hands in Liberia or in crazy times. It's, it's, it's an interesting time. And I'm just going to transition into what God has laid on my heart in the last three months. Just a reminder, because of the craziness of the times, um, 2020 has been wild globally. And if you zoomed in on Glaro, in, in January, we had... A Friday night stabbing that didn't end up in a death. A Saturday night stabbing that was a death. Sunday they found a guy in the river who had been murdered. Monday and Tuesday we took the day off. And then Wednesday a guy who actually mutilated himself with a, with a broken bottle. And this was just like, this had never happened while we were there. And I, I mean, I ended up, um, I don't know if I should say having the opportunity. That sounds a lot more positive than I felt about it at the time. But I had the opportunity to take this guy to the hospital, 11.30 night, four hours away. And, uh, you know, it was just a crazy year. A lot of spiritual things going on in our culture. And you think of what the world's like in 2020, and then you go into the jungle of Liberia, and it's like a reverse all the way back to I don't even, I don't even know when. And people believing spirits and inanimate objects. A lot of things that you, you've heard about old, old wives' tales and stuff, that is the jungle. That is Glaro today. Their world is ran by fear of spirits. That's, that's it. And it's interesting to me that the devil has fought so hard to keep the word of God out of their hands. But yet that the number one command in the Bible is do not be afraid. And you think that is incidental? And it's interesting to me that the developed world, when you come back to the West, and we have everything, I mean, I can get on my phone and I can check translations, and I, I have so many different translations that I get to choose from, but yet I find myself so distracted that I, I, I don't read any of them as much as I should. Isn't that interesting? And so I believe that the Word of God, the Bible, that's what we call the Word of God, but the, I think the better name is the Word of God, is so important for the world and the message that Drew gave to the kids came from the Word of God, and it's true. We know that to be true. And so I want to challenge us with the time that we have tonight to not just read the Word of God, 
but to take it seriously as the word of God. I believe that that's our heart at our church here. I really do. I know most of you, most of you, not all of you personally, and I believe that's your heart. So I want to preach to the choir. If that's it, I just want to encourage you and, and uh, come alongside and say, hey, I, I struggle with this as well, but God has spoken to me through his word in these last three months through a lot of darkness, and he's been faithful, and he's been honest. He has been honest. He does not lie. Okay? There is a parable in Glaro. Glaro loved parables. And they're not like the parables so much that Jesus told. They, they call them parables. I would say they're probably more like uh, Proverbs, little wisdom nuggets. But they always are about animals. And the parable that I want to teach you tonight in English is, water from the frog's mouth is always the coldest. You guys, does that, that make sense to you? Let me say it again. Water from the frog's mouth is always the coldest. And the meaning of the parable is that if you want to know the truth, you go to the source. If you want to know the truth, you go to the source. And it is interesting to me that as I come back to the U.S. and I look at uh, just the, the cultural climate that we're in, I think one of the most common threads that I, that I feel is there is animosity towards God. There is a huge questioning of his character. Well, if he's a good God, how can he do this and this and this, right? Have you heard that? I mean, I've thought it. I've thought it. So I'm not saying that uh, how silly it is to think that, but that is something that's being accepted. Well, we have people leaving ministries because I can't reconcile how a good God could kill innocent people. And that statement right there will let you know that that person doesn't know what God believes about people. Right? And so I don't care where we are, how long we've been a Christian, where we are at in life, if things are going good, bad, in between. If we don't land on the Word of God as a final place for what's true, you're just not going to be able to have a great relationship with God. And most likely, you will walk away and distance yourself from Him. And I want to encourage you that water from the frog's mouth is always the coldest. If you are struggling with anything in your relationship with God at any level, wouldn't you want to go to him? Yeah, you would want to go to him. And I just want you to listen to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 real quickly. It says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. We know that from the Bible. Dreams, visions, donkeys, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, if a donkey came up to me and started talking, I, you know, like for a long time, I, I would start to think, like, this is, yeah, supernatural. Okay? Or I'd go to the doctor. But it says, In these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. You understand that? He is actually sustaining all things right now by his powerful word. Now, open with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And what I really want to pull out tonight is that 
passage, Hebrews 4, 12 through the end of the chapter. But remember that this time that we're in, according to the author of Hebrews, God is speaking to us through his son, and he uses the power of his son's word, who is who? Who is his son? Thank you. You know, I've been around, uh, uh, I'm just going to say it, a lot of black people lately. So when you ask a question, they always answer. When you don't ask a question, they answer anyway. So just feel free to shout it out. It'll make me feel more at home, okay? So it is Jesus. That's the Son. It says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give account. Now the first thing, if you look at verse 12, it says the word of God is what? Before that, what does it say? Living and powerful, living and active. The word of God is alive. It's interesting to me that in John chapter 1, it says that, I'm just going to read it to make sure. I tried quoting this the other day and totally embarrassed myself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So the word of God is living, and the word of God, the, the Bible, is so closely connected to the person of God, who is Jesus. It, 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 I, mean, I don't even know if I want to say it's the same saying, but it comes from the same source. God himself, and his active word. It's a living word. And you would say, well, how is God's word active? Well, Jesus created the world how? He spoke it into existence. His word has power. His word has power in creating. Then the next part is, it's what you said. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So the word of God searches us deeply. Because the word of God doesn't just like, you know, it's not like a Christmas tree trimmer. Where you just go around the outside, around the outside to make it look good. The word of God is a tool that penetrates. And the analogy is all the way into the, the joints and then farther into the marrow and something culturally interesting that stood out to me is the africans love bone marrow when we eat chicken in africa when you get like a chicken wing you know you chomp the end off that thing you eat all that and then you suck the marrow right out of there and you know what's left after that on the inside nothing nothing it's just like a straw you can do spit wads with it if you want to never have but god's word gets all the way down deep all the way down deep, so far so that there's nothing left that he doesn't know. And for some reason, I have become so good in my, in my life at just making the outside look good. Making the outside look good. Listening to God's word just enough to make the outside look good. But God knows what's on the inside. And he sees it. And so God's word is active, it says, even judging and what does it say that he judges? 
Look at the passage. It's not cheating. The thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So God doesn't just understand what we're thinking. He understands all the attitudes, the motives that are behind it. And so really, as we stand before God, and if we really want to know him better, if we really want to receive transformation in our life, if we really want to be close with him or accomplish anything spiritually as a Christian, we have to allow the word to do its work. The word of God, the second thing, so it's active. The second thing is, is that it is authoritative. God's word is the authority. And this, this has been lost so much, I think even on all of us. You know, there are just areas where we don't listen to God's word. All of us. And the encouragement tonight is the, for you, not, not for me, but for you with God through the Holy Spirit to find out what those areas are. Um. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll share personally. This this last year, these last months, uh, just tough. Some, some deep stuff going on. Some deep stuff going on. You know, in, in Africa, here in the U.S. For, for me, and something that I've dealt with a lot in my life is unforgiveness and anger. And quick thing that happened. We had a friend get in a really bad car accident in Liberia. Okay, Her, her husband, her four-year-old son, her mother and his mother, they were in an ambulance. She had a C-section. I think a lot of you might have prayed for her. Her name was Rose. And you, some of you are nodding. You know the story of Rose. And uh, praise God that she is still living. Her husband's still living. Her son's still living. But it killed both of the mothers instantly and the driver. They were in an accident. And she had had this bad operation, a C-section. She lost the baby, but even two weeks later was still leaking infection from the incision. And I said to the husband, like, man, you have got to get her out of this hospital, into this hospital. Here are some, you know, some monies to help you to do that. We want your wife to live. We love your wife. And God has, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it's a ministry opportunity. Yes. You know, God loves your wife, loves you. He wants her to live. So you've you got to do this. As I said these things. Gave them the money. They made it 10 minutes. Out of four hours, they had 10 minutes or so left before they had the accident. And Rose fought for her life. And in all this, you know, of course, we, we felt devastated. And we were, our team, Aaron and Amy, also were part of the ones who had to break to siblings the news that their mother had passed. And um, it was just really heavy. And then, you know, something crazy happened where there were people, Glaro people, who started saying, you know, it's the white people's fault. It's the white people's fault because if they wouldn't have sent them, that never would have happened. And I just want to tell you, <laughs> I didn't have any love for anybody in Glaro. I didn't have any love for anybody. I absolutely hated them. Absolutely hated them. But, you know, I would get up in the morning and still, y'all, good morning, how everybody doing, you know, just fake as all get out. And I don't remember at what point it was, but I was reading something and, and thinking about, forgiveness and there's just a simple verse that says that we're supposed to forgive one another just as christ forgave us and then i thought of the verse that while we were still sinners christ died for us that's the second half of that verse right and it's so easy to memorize that verse and think that that verse is good but when you're in the thick of it 
I've never had anybody accuse me of anything like that before in my whole life. You know? Never had ever been, like, accused of anything like that. And it was such a wrong accusation. I mean, maybe, I guess, if we wouldn't have given her the money, she just would have died there. So, you know, it, it depends on how you look at it. But the, the thing is, is that things happen in life that will fill our hearts with hate. And if we don't let the Word of God speak to us, if we don't let the Word of God have the authority... We cannot walk with him closely. can't happen. The Bible claims to be the word of God. The Bible claims to have the authority. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. If you ask why, you look at verse 17 where it says, So that... The man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed. God is able to get to the inside of who we are till there's nothing left, but he also gives us what comes from the very essence of who he is, his word. And it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And I'm thankful for God's word in my life if it wasn't for it. Ministry in Liberia would have been over from this guy a long time ago. God's word has the authority. If you are struggling with something in God's word, I'm telling you that it is safe for you to assume, not even to assume, to know that the problem lies in you, not in the word of God. And you need to continue to go to it. I need to continue to go to it until God speaks to us and resolves those issues. God's word has the authority. God's word, though, is sympathetic. Look at, come back with me to Hebrews. After he talks about being able to see everything in us, nothing is, is laid bare. I mean, nothing is hidden from his sight. Everything is laid bare. We probably start to get a little wobbly in the knees a little bit. Because we all know who we are. And we all got stuff in the marrow regions that we don't want to be exposed but he says his response to it in verse 14, after having to give an account, he says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way but was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God's word is sympathetic. You know that Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted. And it doesn't just say how. We know that he went uh, 40 days in the wilderness, right? We know three like interactions that he had with the devil, right? You know what I'm talking about? I won't go through all those. We, we, we know those. We know that, interestingly enough, he used God's word, his word, his father's word to refute the devil. Just a little parenthetical thought there. But it says that he was tempted how? What does the passage say? In what? Say it again. I heard it. In all ways. In every way. 
you have not passed through any temptation that Jesus doesn't know what that feels like. You cannot say to God, God, you don't know how this feels to be this angry at these people. God goes, yes, I do. But he was without sin. He was without sin. Isn't that incredible? And God's attitude towards us when he judges us is always coming from the place that he wants to make those judgments and he wants to make it right for us. And because of the blood of Jesus, he has made it right for us. And so the last thing is that God's word is perfect. God's word is perfect because Jesus is perfect. And it's not just like the New Testament that's perfect or certain books of the Old Testament. Listen to this. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 18. You can feel free to turn there if you'd like. Or you can listen. But he was talking about the fulfillment of the law. But he says in 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Okay, so the word of God is perfect. It already, in Second Timothy, said that all of it is useful. But Jesus mentioned the law and the prophets. You're talking about over half the Bible. And the New Testament in Second Timothy affirms itself there. And so we know that it, it, it's, it's perfect. And it's so easy to question, well, you know, in this, back in the day, this happened. There were these councils. And, you know, if you get into church history, you can come up with some questions. But God's word is perfect. It claims to be so. So what's our responsibility? It's interesting that the whole, the whole passage in Hebrews 4 is warning people against one sin. And it's unbelief. So the first thing that we as Christians, we at, at this church in Canton, at Ephraim, me, in Canton now and in Liberia, is to have faith. And to believe God at his word. To accept it as truth. That's the first part. And I believe we're, we're supposed to do something with the word as well. We need to approach God. I believe through prayer. But just from the simple practice of spending time with him in his word. It is not a checklist, a routine thing that has to be done just so you can feel good about yourself. It is actually hanging out and hearing from the one who created you has purpose for you, loves you more than anybody else, who knows you better than anybody else, and has a plan for you. That's what spending time in the Word of God is. And I struggle in seasons to get into it as well. But we need to do it. Even when it's hard, we need to do it so that we become closer with Him. It says that we can approach the throne of grace now with confidence so that we can find mercy and grace in our time of need. And so we need to pray. We need to talk to God. That's a whole nother, all these are other sermons that we could go into at other times. And I, I wrote down here something that just really, you know, it, does, it, it stands out to me is that God is saying, so let, or the writer is saying, so let us approach. We have the right to do it. These are our rights as Christians. 
we're not supposed to struggle and then run away with God and try to clean it up so then we can approach him. And when we mess up in sin, we don't come like a whipped dog. We come with confidence because of who he is, because of the sacrifice that he has made, and because of his, what his word says. We obey it in that way. So don't, don't lie to yourself and say, like, listen, you know, once I knock this addiction, once I knock that addiction, once I make amends over here, once I do that, then I'll get back into God's word. Then I'll start praying again. No, start now. Start now. God wants us to be in the word. I believe he wants us to know the word because he wants us to know him. It's not like a separate thing. James 4, 8 says that if we draw near to God, it says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I mean, this, this, that's really good for me. Simple. And so I would encourage you guys, if you are at a place where you feel like dry in the word, you feel like I've just got questions, you know, ask those questions. Ask your pastor, your pastor. Ask, ask your, your uh, small group leaders, you know. Call them on the phone, wear your mask, however you've got to do it. Don't let COVID keep you from asking those questions, okay? Ask questions. You know, well, there's still people that I ask, hey, what do you think this means? Because you know what's crazy is you forget stuff. And just because you've been walking with the Lord, you know, I, I accepted Jesus at, at six, and I'm 34. And, and for the, the most of that, I've wanted to walk with him. But I've forgotten so many things that I learned back in Bible school that I've had to go back. And the cool thing is in the process of relearning and rediscovering what's in the Bible, it's actually the process of relearning and rediscovering the person of God over and over again. And it's such a great thing. So I am going to close with that encouragement. I I, I love this church. I love this family. And I want nothing more than for each of us. We've got a diverse, we, we go diverse ways. We have diverse ages in this sanctuary. But if all of us would draw near to God through his word, we would start to to see things change for the better in every facet, in every area. And so that's my encouragement to you. Um, I'm going to pray and I think I'm, I'm, I'm praying. And Okay, I remember. I remember. I'm going to pray and then I'm just going to read some scripture from Job about his response after God came and spoke to him. And the, that will be your benediction. And just to say that it would be the attitude that uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit has been encouraging me to have, and I believe that he would be encouraging you all to have as well, the same attitude that Job had. So let me pray, and then I'm going to read um, from Job, and then the ushers are going to come. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. We think, we're thankful for the person that you are. We're thankful that you are not silent. God, we believe that sometimes, that you're just not saying anything to us, or that we don't see you working. We don't hear your voice. We don't understand what you want us to do. But it is clear from your word, Lord, that you have plans for our life, specific things that we're supposed to do. You've given us direction. You have spoken to us. You're good to us. We love you so much. And we want you to, to take control of our lives, Lord. I pray for my church family that you would encourage them, that you would give them hope, 
and in this season, Lord, with, with all the things that are going on, uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you would use your word to speak to people. And that if we have more time, Lord, because of the, of the virus and the situation in our country, that we'd use it to draw closer to you. Thank you for not just leaving us here. Thank you for speaking to us, for caring about us. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. So here it is. It says, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely, I spoke things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, Listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. So, have a great week. Love you guys.